from San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage show where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we are talking about those times when you choose to engage in a behavior that you know is not good for you and your marriage. No one has forced that decision. You have made it willingly. I want to start today with this quote from Robert Schuller. He's a retired American televangelist, pastor, and motivational speaker. And he said, never cut a tree down in the wintertime. Never make a negative decision in the low time. Never make your most important decisions when you are in your worst moods. Wait. Be patient. The storm will pass. The spring will come. Mm, yeah. It's so good. That's I'm, so good. I'm just, I'm giggling because usually I'm the one that goes, mm, and now you just, you guys just heard Tony say it for the first time in 222 episodes. Well, I mean, just think about that. I mean, never make your most important decisions when you are in your worst moods. And I mean, that one, that line alone hits me because there are so, it is so often that I can find myself making decisions in my worst possible state of mind. Right. When it all becomes reactionary. Right. And nothing good comes out of that. So, okay. I'm going to let you talk about that in a few minutes, but first, you know, I love starting our shows with a hug and, uh, this one, this one's powerful guys. You guys are going to love this. This wife said, my husband said at the end of bring back the spark. And that was the, uh, intimacy program, the online intimacy program that Tony and I did at the end of May. Yep. And that's available Um, it will be available in the one extraordinary marriage store coming (laughs) up here. But the wife says, my husband said at the end of bring back the spark with emotion shining through honey, we really need to impress upon people how important it is to get listening to Tony and Elisa. He also said to me last night, you know, that action slide, we had slides throughout the program. And so this husband is referring to a slide that's at the very end of the program. He says, it gave me some great ideas for discussion to incorporate into our weekly state of our marriage date. Then last night I discovered what I suppose I already knew, but had never noticed. I am incredibly emotionally connected. And because we share such intimate, we shared such intimate time emotionally last night, all he had to do was kiss me and it lit my body up with sparks. I'm not joking. He said, wow, a deep kiss is all it took tonight. Ha. Good lesson to us both. So we didn't just get tidbits out of the program. We gained so much from last night. Can't wait until the next one. We also want to start reading your books. We like both audiobooks and uh, we like both books or audio programs. But if there's a book, I will wait to get one autographed from you someday. Next time we come to San Diego, maybe. It is one of our favorite vacation destinations. This couple, like so many of you, share the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast. And because of that, May 2014 was a milestone month for us in terms of downloads. It was a banner. Because you have 
become part of the One Extraordinary Marriage family because you believe so strongly in the message that Tony and I put out week in um, and week out through sharing that you have helped us reach over, we had over 105,000 downloads in the month of May. Um, So that is the first time we've gone six figures in the number of downloads and we are so excited in a month and we're just so excited about what that's going to mean for couples making change in their marriage. That's what it's all about. It's about changing marriages. And, and to that end, we are coming to the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, real quick, you guys know we've been talking about this. We're going to be traveling from Chicago to Columbus to Indianapolis to St. Louis between the 10th of July and the 19th of July. And we've been telling you that the registration information was going to be coming for the different events and whatnot. So you can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash meetup and be able to click on your city and get registered. And if you are in Columbus, Ohio, we are still looking for someone to help us coordinate there. Um, I would love to be doing a meetup in our my hometown. Mm-hmm. I want to say our hometown, but there's no way you're claiming Columbus. You're a California boy through and through. Yeah, and just as just a heads up as a coordinator, it's just finding a restaurant, you know, a pizza place where we can just get together just so we have somebody there who can talk to the management. It's nothing crazy. We'll take care of everything on our end here pretty much, but it's just having somebody there that we can at least touch base with via email and know that everything's just running smooth. So it's, it's pretty simple. So if, if you're interested in do that, just hit, hit us up at info at one extraordinary marriage.com. So the choices you make every day, We've said, I don't know, in how many different episodes that we are faced with making decisions and choices all day long. And we had a really interesting experience. Well, not we. Tony had an interesting experience a couple weeks ago on his bike. And it's really what prompted this show. Uh, I'm actually going to have Tony tell you the story. Yeah. So in May here in Southern California, we had, it was really abnormal weather, which is something that I think many of, of us have faced this year anyways, but we had what are called Santa Ana winds. And these winds here in Southern California come in from the East. They're very dry, they're hot, and they can blow. I mean, we have had times when living here in San Diego, we have been in Santa Ana's where they will gust up to a hundred miles an hour. Fortunately, this time in May, it wasn't that bad, but it was blowing pretty darn good. The winds were gusting probably into the 30s, maybe even you know the low 40s. And I was getting a little squirrely because they had been going on for a couple days, a few days actually, and I hadn't had a chance to get out on my bike. And the reason why I don't get out on my bike when the Santa Ana's are blowing, because I've done it numerous times. And every time I've gone out on a bike ride during a Santa Ana, it usually doesn't end up great. A couple of reasons why is you have a massive headwind and it's just, it's annoying as all get out trying to ride into a, you know, 20 mile, steady 20 mile an hour wind with gusts getting into the thirties and forties. Um, it's dry. It usually really knocks me out because it just, it zaps a lot of my energy. Anyways, I decided I needed to get on my bike. It was a day I had um, been working all day long here just, and I just needed to get out. 
So I said, forget it. I'm just getting on my bike. I jump on my bike. I get ready. You know, I jump on my bike. I'm, I'm going, all right, this is going to be great. And the first mile was good because it was just nice to be away and spinning. Shortly after that, though, as the ride continued, the things that I know will happen, happened. I'm stuck in a headwind that is just beating me down. I'm getting parched. I'm getting very dry mouth because I can't get in enough liquids. And even when I am getting my water in, it's drying me out so quickly. But I continue going because that is sometimes me on my bike. Because you wanted to. Because I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to just be out on my bike. And maybe about halfway through the ride, I started getting some gastrointestinal issues. Like my stomach, just because there's so much intensity now having to be focused on what I need to do just to get one pedal stroke after another to stay upright on the road to not get blown over when these gusts are hitting me, especially if I'm going crosswind, that I keep going. And with that, I also incur some worry, some stress, which then compounds on my bike that I'm not feeling well. Um, At this point in time, I'm still trying to take in liquids. I'm feeling maybe a little bloated because now everything's just sort of piling on top of each other. And I finally get the the opportunity to turn around, take in a little bit of a tailwind, which is always the best part of the Santa Ana's because you're not pedaling and you can go like 30 miles an hour. But to come back home, I got to go right back into the headwind. And that's where the wheels just came off. And what I usually do is, or in this ride in particular, when I am just, I'm feeling so good. I'm just feeling miserable. Every pedal stroke, there is just this thought of why am I out here? There is physical pain that I'm incurring. And so the ride, as much as I would would have loved it to go longer, I only ended up doing 15 miles. And when I got home, I felt beat up like I had honestly had done maybe a 60 plus mile ride. He looked awful. And he doesn't usually, and this is like an afternoon ride, which is usually just his little spins where he goes out and he has fun and comes back and, you know, could probably go do another two or three hours. And, and, you know, it was interesting because we relate so much of what happens in our personal lives to what happens in marriage. And, you know, he came up to me later and Tony looks at me and goes, you know, I knew that was going to be bad. Yeah. And I said, and of course the smart aleck in me says, so why'd you do it? Right. Cause if you know, something's not going to go well, why do you do it? He's like, cause I wanted to, I wanted to go for a ride. It's been a few days. And, and I started thinking about how often does that play out in your marriage? How often do you make that choice? Knowing the outcome is not going to be good. Mm-hmm. Your headwind, your Santa Ana headwind is going to be the resistance that you get from your spouse. You know, because what happens when you decide to Facebook friend an ex or when you go and meet that coworker after work for a drink or you send a text to someone else's spouse? You know, nobody told you guys to do any of this stuff. No one's saying you have to do this. You know, it's not good. 
Mm. And you know the outcome is not going to be good. And yet, just like Tony said, I want to. I want to do it. There's, there's that invincibility that we all seem to have. We often think of it in terms of teenagers, you know, and, and I've got an 11 year old who's, I think is soon to be like, I don't know, 16. And he really does have this invincibility thing going on. Like bad stuff's not going to happen to me. Right. You know? And I thought that that was something that we kind of got, you know, like you grow out of, but we all kind of hold on to that invincibility. Bad things aren't going to happen to us. They're going to happen to other people. Our decisions aren't going to be as bad as like that person over there or that person on the supermarket tabloid or the latest celebrity that got splashed on, you know, the magazine cover or the internet. We're not going to get caught. These things aren't going to, they're not going to impact our marriage because we're invincible. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, Tony was invincible. He knew what was going to happen with those Santa Ana wins, but guess what? He wasn't invincible. He came back and he looked like crap. And those are choices that we make every day and you make every day. Same with when I was battling pornography. I had a choice. When I, made that, when I put that line in the sand, I said, no more. Every day I had a choice. Do I choose to go look at it and fall back to where I was? Or do I choose today to look at Elise in the face and say, I'm not going to look at this. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to stop the bad behaviors that I have had in the past. It's those of you that, you know, maybe it's your shopping habit. Maybe you, you know, I, I know in my past business lives where I've been in direct sales and things like that. And I remember wives would tell me at these jewelry parties, can we split up the payment? So he doesn't know. Or they would tell me about how they'd go out shopping and they would hide stuff in the car, not bring everything in. Mm. Yeah, you know, those those little deceptions, those choices, they cause you stress. You might not think so at the time. At the time, you're still riding on the exhilaration of, I'm going out. I got this. No problem. We're all good. Remember, other people make bad choices. But so choices that you make every day that impact your marriage, that impact you. You know, that choice I made to go out there on my bike, many of you may be going, no big deal. Tony, I mean, come on, that's nothing. Well, yes. What if that was a Friday, my last day to initiate in the intimacy lifestyle? What if that choice I made, knowing I was gonna go into something that was gonna cause me distress, caused me not to be able to initiate, to let down Elisa when it comes to our intimacy lifestyle. See, those are choices that we make each and every day that we need to be thinking about. And this isn't some big high in the, high in the sky pie type of a deal. This is, these are the little things that happen in our lives that we need to be looking at. Right. I mean, like I said earlier, it's, you know, you make that decision to go spend social time with a coworker. Okay, that's time you're taking away from your husband or your wife. Mm-hmm. If you have kids, it's time you're taking away from your, from your kids. It's avoiding whatever's going on in your marriage. And I can promise you 
the more you string together those avoidance decisions, the worse your marriage will become. Because if the two of you aren't talking about things and trying to work through them, they're not going to get better. You're going to string together more bad choices. So it's one of those things we need to talk about. We need to talk about the solutions. Right, because we want to give you some solutions that you can look at because every one of us has different, we make different choices at different times, right? There, there are times when, hey, who's, what you may be facing is completely different than what I face, what Elisa face, your neighbors, your sister, your brother. But the solutions are the same. Well, and for those of you that are old enough to remember, I just want you to keep the song um, by Kenny Loggins, Ride Into the Danger Zone. You know, I know I'm dating myself here, but as soon as I was working on the show, I'm like, that's all I could hear in the back of my head. Top Gun. Top Gun. And, and when you engage in behavior that you know in advance is going to be bad, you are riding into the danger zone. And so the first thing that you need to do, and this is something I work with on all of my coaching clients, is that you need to stop and take a breath. You need to think about what this decision is and why you're making it. You know, it's like we said in that quote from uh, Robert Schuller at the start of the show. You know, don't make decisions in your bad times. If you and your spouse are in an argument and, and that's the night that you decide to, you know, send a text to a person you really shouldn't be texting, stop and think, why am I doing this? You know, are, are the two of you dealing with some challenge in your marriage? Have you been drifting apart? How long has it really been since you've spent time together focused on each other and your marriage? Mm -hmm. You need to pause and ask yourself those questions because when you're getting ready to engage and make a decision that isn't going to benefit your marriage, that's a barometer. That tells you right there that something is not going well in the relationship. Just like Tony goes to get on his bike what was going on with him was that he was antsy. He hadn't gotten out his physical energy on his bike. And he bikes regularly. And when he goes too many days without pushing those pedals, he gets antsy. So that was the barometer for him. Something's not right with me. Mm -hmm. I'm off. You also need to acknowledge the fact that your spouse does not have ESP. I will probably say this. I've said it probably... 50% out of the last 221 episodes, and I'll probably say it at least 50% in the next 221 episodes. They don't know what the problem is if you don't tell them. And we see this a lot. More and more, we see this so much is that, hey, this is what's going on. Well, have you told your spouse? Have you talked to your spouse about this? No. Well, there is nothing that is going to happen unless you and your spouse are able to at least share what's happening. Because if you haven't brought it up at all, probably nine times out of 10, they don't know all the specifics. They may know something is going on. Sure. They can sense something is happening and yet they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this ESP thing, I'm telling you, no matter how many times I say it, you guys all still think your spouse has ESP. Get over it. Get over it. Because, and we know this from over time and from all the emails that we receive, 
we know that when you're struggling, you tend to close down, close up and close down. And so the communication is one of the first things that hits the toilet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of you have heard us talk about the couple communication method. It's, it's strategy. Okay. We are so action oriented here at One Extraordinary Marriage. And if you're not sure how to use the couple communication method in your marriage, what to do, go and pick up he zigs, she zags, get your communication on the same path. You can just go to he zigs, she zags.com. That's a new URL. And new URL. We're just trying to right make it there. simple for you guys. You know, he zigs, she zags.com. Yep. But that's going to walk you all the way through the couple communication method. And we, you know, we've had so many couples use this program to break down those barriers, to be able to share what's going on. And, and just one note here, for those of you that are on the receiving end of your spouse saying, I feel like we've got a problem or there's something that's not working here, would you please listen to them and take that information in? Because if one of you is sensing that there's a problem, there is a problem. And the two of you need to come together. This is not a time to be... Um, egocentric and say, well, we can just, you know, there's no problem. We're fine. Or I don't have to worry about that. That's not an issue. If one of you is sensing that something is off, there is something off. Don't compound it by making a bad decision and ignoring them or belittling the request to work on your marriage. Yeah. And this is hard. I know for, for, for many of us, I mean, I, I have been there in the past and it's, You know, it it comes down to that choice you make. What's that choice you're making? Do you want to make your life more difficult? Or do you want to move forward where progress is happening and growth is occurring? It's sort of that springtime, you know, where growth happens. And we can put up walls and we can we can go, oh, I'm I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's all you. When actually, we need to look at ourselves and go, you know what? Yeah, I, I have some some part of this. Mm-hmm. I, I have parts of this in this marriage that need to be worked through. And, you know, being able to grow doesn't necessarily mean you have to go through coaching or counseling. It could mean picking up a book. It could be meaning picking up he zigs, she zags and sitting with your spouse and and listening to him and working through each action step. It could mean, hey, you're you're listening to this for the first time, this show, the One Extraordinary Marriage show, because your spouse said, hey, honey, hey, sweetie, I've been listening to this show and it's really transformed the way I'm really thinking about myself, you, and our marriage. And I really would love for you to just start listening. Mm-hmm. So for those of you out there who are, you know, you're listening and you're wondering, man, I just want my spouse to listen. This is for them. Mm-hmm. This is for them, you know. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, open up. Don't close yourself down. We have a lot of shows. Go pick the ones that pique your interest and start listening Start listening and just look at yourself and go, what are the choices I can make today that can make a difference in me, my spouse, and in my marriage? Because so often we're, and I say we because I'm putting the collective in here because I've done this myself, we're so quick to look at our spouses and figure out what decisions they need to make differently. Like, well, if Tony had just been, you know, smart enough not to go out in the Santa Ana winds, he wouldn't have felt miserable for the I'm next I'm sure four you hours. were thinking about that. 
I didn't say it. I know. I didn't say it. <laughs> it, it did go through my head because I'm like, what, what's he doing? The winds are howling. I mean, that was the week that we had all those fires going on in California. I mean, come on. You know, save the I told you so's. And instead of looking at your spouse and all the things that they need to fix, look at yourself. Start with the man or the woman in the mirror. Because when you start making decisions that build your marriage, when you start each day looking at that person, looking back at you in the mirror and say, today, I'm going to put my marriage first. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make decisions that build up my marriage. I'm going to choose to associate with those people that support my marriage. I'm not going to put myself in compromising situations. I'm not going to engage in social media uh, interactions that could potentially lead me down a path I don't want to go. And to that end, I do want to say something about social media and putting some guardrails around your marriage. Um, that hug I read at the beginning talked about bring back the spark, which was the intimacy, uh, sexual intimacy program that Tony and I did. And we did a whole section in there about putting guardrails around your marriage. And when it comes to making the, cho- the choices that you make every day, your social media, texting, Facebook, time spent on electronics, those are all key areas where you need to think about the choices that you're making and how that impacts your marriage. Mm-hmm. You need to think about who you're friending on Facebook, who you're sending text messages to, who you are engaging with. And when we say that, I mean, more and more, we're, we're even talking about, it doesn't have to be people of the opposite sex. It could be girlfriends who, or guy friends who are sending you, <clears throat> for instance, Here's a, here's a great example. You know, you have made the choice. I'm going to stop looking at pornography. I'm going to stop looking at nude pictures, what have you. And now your buddy's starting to, your buddy texts you these messages still, pictures. You have to be able to stand up to your buddy and go, listen, man, I'm not looking at this stuff anymore. And if you cannot respect that, I'm going to have to just delete you from my phone. That's it. I mean, I've had this happen where I've had to say, I do not appreciate this inappropriate material. Please do not send it to me ever again. That's it. Done. Do not send it. You're not happy about that? That's fine. But this is my life and I am choosing to make a choice that is going to be better for me and my spouse and my family for the future. Done. That's the line in the sand. That's the guardrail. And it could be, it could be those inappropriate text messages. It could be spending time with friends of the same sex, of the opposite sex, whomever who are not building up your marriage. It's making those decisions on how you're going to spend your time. See, Every one of those decisions that we face, everything that you do impacts your marriage. You may not think so. You may think, oh, that's just a little, you know, nothing decision. You string enough of those nothing decisions together and they add up to a huge impact. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's kind of like people are like, oh, that's just a little white lie. Well, enough little white lies will destroy a marriage. Enough decisions that aren't supportive of your marriage will destroy your marriage. We don't want that. We want you guys to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror, just like I said a few minutes ago, and look back at that man or that woman that's standing there and say, today, this day, I choose my marriage. I choose to make it the best that it can be. Yeah. So this is your challenge for the week. What's one choice you're going to make? What's one choice you're going to look at and go, this is it this week? Because we're not telling you to pick out a hundred of them or, you know, because here's the thing. We don't want you to get overwhelmed, right? We want you to have success. So you start with one choice. You pick that this week and make it happen for the next seven days. Make the choice every day. You get up, whatever it may be, it's written down somewhere, it's in your head. That is a choice you're going to make for the next seven days. And share it with your spouse too. Get them in on it with you. Let them know what you're choosing to do to better yourself, to better your marriage. All right, you guys, go out there. Make good choices. Make them so that you can experience an extraordinary marriage. We love you guys. We can't wait to see you in the Midwest coming up this July. For more information about the Midwest tour, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash meetup, and we will see you there in July. We love you guys and have a fantastic week.